You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. It's in the Scottish government's interest, not just to protect, obviously, public services, but also to show further divergence from the rest of the UK. It does show the sort of strain that the market is under this winter. The other factor playing into all this is Brexit. Neither political party will even contemplate relaxing EU migration. This is the elephant in the room, isn't it? Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Welcome to the programme. Caroline, I learned an important lesson this morning, and it's that I need to read the sun more. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Andrew Bailey, after the Bank of England's decision yesterday to raise interest rates, uh, has done a Q&A from Sunreader Questions, and it might, in fact, be the most interesting read-through of, of what he what the bank is trying to do, because it's all the answers are very succinct. Yes, which uh, is you know, really hard. Do, do you think the rate of price rises has peaked? I hope so, for <laughs> okay. example. You know, um, will, will my mortgage go up again? Well, who knew the place to be was, was the sun and also that monetary policy is now absolutely mainstream. Finally, we're cool. <laughs> Look, it's not unusual, right, for economics to be the absolutely at the heart of politics. But I think having a really good understanding of economics and communicating that really well is still immensely difficult. You know, I mean, every MP I think we probably speak to will, will fight over the statistics and the numbers. It's, it's a tricky game. Well, it's also the sort of overlap of where this kind of crosses over into politics as well. Mm. I mean, so many of... I mean, unsurprising given the the fact that the economy isn't doing very well, as he says in a very general tone. Um, You know, the fact that Rishi Sunak's goals are so... so Three out of five of them are economic goals. One of them is bringing down inflation, which isn't even really his job. No. Um, Also, I thought it was quite interesting that... um, I mean, we're going to pass sort of what was uh, in the press conference and also, of course, our interview with the Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey yesterday. But I think also that he um, talked about... Um, the economic damage done by Brexit happening sooner than feared. You know, that was the Bank of England view. I think that's that's also to be added to the mix. Mm, and some strong words about the uh, number of over 50s that are no longer in the workforce. <laughs> and, and no more golfing or tennis for you. You should be doing a hard day's work. <laughs> 
Caroline. Well, I mean, that seemed to be the message. Well, I Is mean, that too tough? The, I've gone all Friday. <laughs> right. Okay. Look, let's let's move on to uh, someone who knows about these things much better than we do. Chief Europe economist Jamie Ross joins us in studio. Um, Jamie, great to have you with us. Just g- give us an idea. What more did we learn from the Bank of England about the state of the economy? Well, I think the main thing is that they're they're much less miserable about the like near term prospects than they previously thought. So if you cast your mind back to back to November, they saw really quite a big recession coming. So a drop in GDP of about three percent over the coming year. That's now been paired back to about one percent. So they're much more optimistic about the near term outlook. Uh, economy's been more res- more resilient. Energy prices have tanked, uh, and so there's just less reason to be gloomy about what's going on. Mm, okay. Andrew Bailey had some quite um, strong words for people uh, 50 plus dropping out of the labour force, that that's an issue. Also, that we're going to see probably half a million people added to, uh, you know, what well, half a million people are going to become unemployed over the next three years. I mean, again, it's a projection, but I thought that the labour stats were quite interesting. Yeah, so I, I think they want, they're expecting unemployment to go up to about 5% something maybe slightly higher than that from about 3.7 now so it's not it's not absolutely colossal but it's big and it's also what the bank thinks it needs to see for inflation to come back down to two percent because remember the the bank is trying to achieve two percent it wants the labor market to be weaker more people out of jobs less wage pressure pushing down on costs and that's how you get to lower inflation in the medium term so it's what the bank's forecasting it but it's also what they think they need to see well, so what you know, we talked about Rishi Sunak's goal of having inflation um, this year. It's as you said, it's not really his goal. It's it, it, or rather his job. It is the job of the Bank of England to do that. I mean, will will we get anywhere close to that based on the current forecasts? Well, it's, it's like the biggest open goal as a policy objective I think I've seen. I mean, it's you could put a suckling pig in charge of the country for the year, and you still have inflation down half. <laughs> Because it's just, for it to stay high, you need energy prices to rise by as much as they already have again. Jamie, it's only February, so I mean, anything can happen between now and <laughs> I, 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 uh, Yes, we probably, as an economist, probably should rein in my uh, yeah, confidence. But. We'll, leave it, we'll leave that thought there. But look, what, what then, um, so yes, three out of five of Rishi Sunak's pledges are on the on the economy effectively so you know this is absolutely front and center politically you know for, for the government and will be you know into the next general election it will so, i mean i think that you know in a year's time we are going to see inflation down the bank of england thinks that by the end of the year it'll be about three four percent uh going into 2024 and eventually inflation will be below the target for for a period um so i mean that's that, that outlook is going to change a lot um but people are still going to feel pretty squeezed because it's not the prices are going down it's just that it's not going up as fast so uh, i think that you know when it comes to the election the pressure that we're under now on the mm. cost of living crisis that's not going away it's just that it's not getting worse and that's that's what will change over the coming year uh, in the that q a in the sun as well andrew bailey was asked about the pay rise given to bank of england staff um and you know what why where are your staff getting a pay rise um when others are fighting for it via strikes now he pointed out that it's a below inflation uh, pay rise that they're getting but it's nonetheless a conversation that's being had in so many different businesses and as we know the the root cause of the strikes that we're seeing everywhere as well how much of uh you know the 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 government's argument is that uh public sector pay rises lead, could lead to a wage price spiral is that an ar- an argument that holds any water 
No, I don't think so, not at all. Um, I mean, so I think the Bank of England's pay rise was a rubbish pay rise, as far as I remember. I don't remember the yeah, exact three and a half percent. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean, it's rubbish. And the the pay rise in, pay rises people are getting on average in the private sector is about seven percent. And so that's not been triggered by the government going soft on pay for public sector workers. That's been triggered by the fact that the labour market is extremely tight, inflation's high, and people are trying to negotiate. So, so they can ease the burden. That's what's happened. It's nothing to do with public sector pay. So, and you know, if you look back over the past ten years, everyone in the public sector has been squeezed enormously. So it's no surprise they're asking for bigger wage growth. Yeah, um, I think. Are you? I suppose the the thread that I want to kind of pull through this is is also about to do with communications, isn't it? The reason that the Sun um, interview with Andrew Bailey is so interesting is to see the Bank of England governor plastered all over a red top, is to think about that communication now and how the government is kind of, um, you know, trying to stake out the sort of economic picture. I suppose how you know how does one get that across recently for example there was criticism or at least an investigation around the bbc's reporting on economics that got uh, you know quite some attention um and yet the audience also how much of the public understands these ideas around inflation and gdp economic growth and so on i mean people are feeling the sharp end from energy prices and from cost cost uh, costs going up and yet it's quite a difficult subject, isn't it, to get across clearly to to the public by government or anyone else? It really is. Um, so the, the, the review of the BBC coverage, I, I think, was found to show that it's pretty much impartial, at least impartial, not leaning one yeah. way or the other. Um, but what it revealed was that people got no clue what anyone was going on about. <laughs> And but the, the journalists didn't understand, didn't have a very strong grasp of base, some yeah. basic economic principles, which was the kind yeah. of line from the report that worried some. And then, yeah, and that it is a complex matter. Yeah. So you've got the journalists don't understand what the Bank of England's telling them, for example. The readers don't understand what the journalist is writing. Um, and so there's just, there's just problems every, everywhere you look. I mean, I think when you look at the Bank of England's press conference yesterday, they are using language which is completely impenetrable to any normal person um you know i have a job doing it and i'm understanding it and i've got a phd in economics so it's kind of i think there's there's a there is a problem there it's a problem that andrew haldane the pro- former chief economist of the yes. bank identified a couple a number of years ago and they said must make this simpler must make it easy to understand and i think the progress has been quite limited um but you know I mean, actually if you read the the bailey story in the sun it's it's really good, like it's completely yeah. understandable. Um, so I think that's you know that, that actually that's a useful outreach, and um, really I think they probably ought to learn some lessons from how successful that is for the actual press conference itself. Well, is that something also that needs to filter into politics that that we have a, a clearer conversation around effects of of you know, given the fact that, for example, we hear from politicians, yes, there is a, a wage price spiral potential of public sector pay rises, but as as you say, there, there's no evidence to, to suggest that's the case. Do we need to change how we talk about this? How can we do this better? Well, I think there are, there are lots of good economics journalists and some in this building who do a very good job of explaining um, things like wage price spirals and and so on. They are diff- It's difficult, but there are good people who do it. I think that, you know, it's just that the... Some outlets that are just don't just don't do it well. Yeah. Um, and there's a shortage. There is a shortage generally of people who are highly qualified in economics, or and also 
uh, working in journalism. There's just a, there aren't that many people doing it. The, uh, is it the return of the expert? That dreaded term, of course, uh, that has been much maligned. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for being with us. Really interesting to have you on. That is Bloomberg's Chief Europe Economist, uh, Jamie Rush. I mean, look, the next couple of years, I think, are going to be dominated by this issue, you know, around economics. It's obviously the ground that the next election is going to be fought on, as many elections in the past have been. And explaining it clearly is, is quite a job. Well, it makes quite an interesting point as well about when we look at the economic outlook is the timing of that election because if in a year's time things are going to look much better is that going to swing things in the favour of the Conservatives? Um, That's something that we will be watching very closely for as we know that it is of course the the final deadline for an election is the start of 2025. The speculation is that we would go before that because nobody wants to have an election in January Um, but but how much will the economic conditions dictate when we have the election that so many parties are waiting for. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, um, the the Prime Minister has set, you know, his own parameters in which we can judge him. And, and, you know, at the end of the year, let's see where those are. Three out of five of his goals are, are related to the economy. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight, athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. 
Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Rail users are facing another strike today. Many of London's main stations closed completely as a result. Add to that then more strikes looming from nurses and ambulance workers next week. The Prime Minister says he'd love to give nurses a pay rise, but the government can't afford it. So what are the ongoing strikes doing to his popularity? Well, to discuss that and more, we're joined by Gideon Skinner, who's head of political research at the polling company Ipsos. Gideon, great to have you with us. What does your polling show then about perceptions of the Prime Minister and the government uh, at the moment? Uh, So uh, our polling suggests that uh, maybe after starting off with a bit of a honeymoon for Rishi Sunak, his ratings are now definitely slipping. Uh, For example, when we look at uh, are people just generally satisfied or dissatisfied with the job he's doing as PM? Um, Just over half say they're dissatisfied, which is is up six points from the end of last year. Um, And when we put him in a head-to-head with Keir Starmer, uh, Rishi Sunak had the lead uh, back in November. He had a small six-point lead back in November, but now that switched and Keir Starmer has a six-point lead. Okay. Uh, um, the... Go ahead. Yeah, for the, and for the for the government. Sorry. And, and for the, I mean, it, but I think it's the case that probably the bigger challenges that the, the government is facing um, are around the, the 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 problems that the conservatives are having with their own brand. Uh, you know, uh, dissatisfaction with the work, with the government with the job that the government is doing is even higher. That's sort of three in four people say they're dissatisfied with the government. Um, around six in ten don't think they're competent. Um, and uh, you know, there's a there's a 
many brand issues or many sort of perceptions of the party, such as whether they are likely to keep their promises, whether they are fit to govern or whether they've got a good team of leaders. Um, their ratings have fallen very significantly since the 2019 election. Well, on that point, we were reporting after ministers gathered in, in Chequers last week that the pol- polling guru Isaac Levito had told the cabinet the Conservatives did have a narrow path to victory at a next election. Would you agree with that? So I think you know it wouldn't be surprising to see the lead narrow as we kind of get closer to the next election. You know, that's something that we that we we do often see. Um, and, you know, there are uh, some areas that the Conservatives can build on. You know, it wouldn't be surprising to see some of their 2019 voters who are currently saying don't know come back to the Conservatives. It's also true that some of those 2019 voters um, are not enamoured of Labour. Um, they do have concerns around Labour. They still need to be convinced. Um, and there is a perception that that many people don't really know what Keir Starmer stands for. But even with those caveats in mind, uh, it, there's still a kind of really big mountain to climb for the Conservatives mm. uh, to, 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 be, to be really optimistic. I mean, if we look at the proportion of switches from the Conservatives to Labour, that's standing at approximately the same number of people who were switching from Labour to the Conservatives before the 2010 election, which obviously the Labour government lost. And if you look at many of those, as I say, those sort of those brand image questions, but also as you've been talking about um, concerns about the economy um, uh, and uh, the Conservatives don't have a lead on the economy in the way maybe they used to. As I've said before, they don't have a lead on leadership in the way that they used to. Um, so they've, there's still a big mountain to climb for them. OK, so that's uh, on the government and the, the path to election. But look, uh, the, the problems are the strikes. Um, we've got, what, 15 of the UK's main train lines shut down today. Major stations like London Bridge and Victoria shut. Uh, that's after another strike day just earlier this week on Wednesday. More strike days next week. You know, what is the attitude of the public now towards these strikes? So I think it's you know it's fair to say you know, the pub, the public never love us never really love a strike. Um, if we look at the 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 big coordinated strike action on uh, on Wednesday, for example, we find that public support was pretty evenly divided. Around about four in ten people were supportive of the strikes, and around about four in ten um, opposed to them. But if we look underneath that, we can see that there's firstly a clear. Um, hierarchy of of preference in terms of the public. The public are much more likely to say support strikes by by nurses, ambulance workers, teachers, um, and so on than perhaps they are of other groups. Um, and there is still a perception that you know whilst there is most sympathy that goes out to the people who are directly affected by the strikes, whether that's say patients or passengers, there's still a lot of sympathy for the workers, the public sector workers. Um, involved uh, and more sympathy for the trade unions than the government you know there is sorry but there is you know there's there's people do not think that the government is handling the negotiations very well so I don't think it's a vote winner for the conservatives particularly right now. Is that changing as these strikes go on? Um, So there is there is a sense again if we look at sort of people's views towards uh, the kind of the recent coordinated strikes on Wednesday. So people did think around four in 10 people did think that it would be more disruptive uh, to them than previous strikes had been. Um, 
But at the same time, a similar proportion, four in 10, thought that they would make the strikes more effective. Um, and uh, there is a, you know, the, the two don't necessarily, uh, are not necessarily mutually incompatible. You know, people can, mm. can experience disruption, but still support the strikes um, in general. So, you know, I think there is, uh, there, there may be some signs that it would not, and it would not be surprising that, you know, as if the strikes continue, um, support for them will fall. We have seen a bit of sign of that in terms of support for some of the nurses strikes but it's not really it's more sort of support is falling and people becoming more neutral about them than uh, it going into outright opposition um and as i as i said before there's still a lot of sympathy out there for the public sector workers um and not a lot of sympathy for the government and the way the government's handling it okay so what about um the trajectory then for the Prime Minister, for Rishi Sunak here, what do voters actually like about him? I mean, I've seen him uh, sort of compared to John Major, who won one election and then lost one with a huge uh, loss, a uh, win for Labour, of course. What is the trajectory? Can he recover? This week is the 100 days, his first 100 days as Prime Minister. Uh, so uh, he's reasonably... Uh, well liked, for example, he's certainly more liked than than the party is. Um, and uh, when we put him up against Keir Starmer on on sort of prime ministerial issues, you know there are uh, there are there, there's not actually a lot to choose between them. Rishi Sunak is maybe ahead on some things like being good in a crisis, say. Although Keir Starmer is ahead on others. Uh, like being seen as more more honest than most politicians. So um, he's he's not seen as negatively as Boris Johnson and Liz Truss were at the end of their, you know, Boris Johnson at the end of his time in office and Liz Truss was um, sort of very quickly in her term of, of office. So he is showing, he's showing that he's slightly better perceived than those two were, but he's not uh, taking a strong lead over uh, Keir Starmer uh, as as seen as the most as the best leader for the country, um, and it's as much that really we haven't mm. seen a huge. His appointment hasn't made a huge difference to overall attitudes toward the Conservatives. We haven't seen uh, a big change in voting intentions. That Labour is still clearly ahead, and many of those sort of brand image questions around the Conservatives remain. Uh, and on obviously on substantive issues like the economy um, and the NHS, they still are. Uh, the biggest concerns for the public. Those are the areas that the public are going to want to see Rishi Sunak deliver. They're going to want to see him deliver on those five key pledges that he announced earlier this year. But it's just there is some scepticism about the extent to which he's going to be able to deliver on those improvements. Your polling has shown that voters do want a change at the next election. I'm wondering how much can we tell about what the scale of that change might be? Are we at current polling levels looking at a landslide change and and what what sort of could go wrong, I suppose, for Labour between now and then? So certainly if if we're looking at uh, the current lead that Labour have in the polls, that would point to them having a, a very healthy majority. Um, of course, though, we are talking about a period mid-election. Um, and as I said, it's not unusual to see leads narrow as we get closer to an to an actual election when uh, voters are not just thinking about dissatisfaction with the current government, but also being given, uh, a, being forced to make a, a choice between two alternatives for them. Um, and there is still some sign that whilst Labour has got rid of a lot of 
negative perceptions about them then there's much less of a sense that for example there would be uh, chaos if labor was elected in the way that there was before the 2019 elections those getting rid of those negative perceptions they haven't really replaced them with a lot of enthusiasm for labor <clears throat> so you know that's that's really i think where the labor will want to work on to sort of really show that they are they have got policies um, and a leadership team that people can feel really enthusiastic about and really positive towards. But as I said before, nevertheless, you know, that's still going to require um, a big change uh, for the Conservatives and a lot to lot to pull back on um, over the next year, over the next year or two. Um, and, you know, you, you think mm. what they're going to need to do on that is really to deliver on those top priorities around the NHS and the economy. Yeah, well, that's the big asks, aren't they, Gideon? Thank you so much for being with us. Gideon Skinner is head of political research at the polling company Ipsos. A couple of things for us to watch out for uh, this evening and going over the weekend. So uh, after Rishi Sunak's 47-minute grilling, I'm told, <laughs> on Talk TV yesterday, Boris Johnson will be making an appearance this evening with former Culture Secretary uh, Nadine Dorries in the interviewing chair. Um famous friends that ought to be interesting to see uh, what sort of uh, what comes out of that conversation on talk TV this evening there is some business happening in the Commons and the Lords today they're looking at private members bills Mm -hmm. a couple of the ones actually backed by the governments may proceed to the next stages including protection from redundancy pregnancy and family leave bill carers leave worker protections uh, and also animal welfare uh, featuring as well Uh, that's going into the weekend yeah but listen it's the strike action again on Monday that'll be uh, front and centre the business secretary Grant Shapps is expected to speak in a number of media interviews over the weekend so we shall watch those too Bloomberg UK Politics listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London You know it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through invisible struggles like stress and burnout caregiving for a loved one or being misunderstood but insight awareness and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with and that can make us and our companies healthier too i'm holly robinson pete join us on the visibility gap a new podcast presented by cigna healthcare download it wherever you get your podcasts Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.